Hello, everyone, and welcome into the crowded booth. A familiar face alongside me if you're watching on YouTube and if you're listening. Uh, it's Palmer Toms back on the show. Uh, Georgia Tech fans will not enjoy this program, but <laughs> hey, you know, it is what it is. Palmer, appreciate you coming on, man. How are you doing through the first two weeks of the season? It's been slow, man. Um, you know, Georgia hosting UT Martin and Ball State. Um, definitely excited to see some SEC competition come to town this weekend with them hosting South Carolina. Um, you know, it, it, it has been very nice. I mean, I know you've been on the road traveling to uh, to Orlando, and, and then, you know, heck, you were in Atlanta there too. And, uh, you know, we were just talking about your trip to Starkville this weekend. Uh, it's been nice, and it continues to be nice that Georgia plays at home in September. Um, first road trip that we'll make over at Dogs HQ is to Auburn, and that's going to be a day trip for us. So the first yeah. overnight stay that we're going to make is uh, not until October 13th, 14th, 15th that weekend um, when they go up to Vanderbilt. And honestly, you know, for a lot of our viewing and listening audience down there in the Columbus, Georgia area, Auburn doesn't even really feel like a true road trip for the no. Georgia fans in the Columbus no. area. It's a 30-minute drive, you know, right across the Chattahoochee River. So, hey, hell, when, when, hell. Is the, when is the true first road trip for you guys? <laughs> yeah, it's it's Nashville. I mean, mm. and and that one's going to be a sea of red and black there uh, at, at the newly renovated, uh, continuing renovation at Vanderbilt. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go down to Jacksonville. We'll fly down there. Um, that's, that's kind of our big road trip, but I mean, this is, look, this is a Georgia's fan, Georgia fans dream, this road schedule, because yeah. everything is very, very drivable. I mean, yeah. within five hours, six hours, kind of depending, you know, where you're coming from and what traffic is, you, you know, uh, you know, as well as anyone you hit Atlanta at the wrong time, a, a three hour trip becomes a six hour one real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, before we get before we start the show or officially, I should say um, <laughs> the Instagram live that I did while at the tailgate at, between Georgia Tech and Louisville. What was my prediction? Thirty three to six. And yeah, it Palmer was something was like, like that. It was like crazy. And Palmer was like, even I don't know if I feel like that. But uh, hey, you know, we'll talk about Georgia Tech later on in the season. But right now, uh, Georgia has kicked it off. And look, we're not going to sit here and berate the point of the, you know, the weakness of the schedule. It is what it is through the first two weeks. Uh, but Palmer, a lot of the fans on social media, I'm sure on your boards over at Dog HQ, have expressed frustration, expressed concern. Um, the Mike Bobo, you know, reenactment, the, the number two version 2.0 of Mike Bobo in Georgia and Athens. And then Carson Beck. I mean, were Georgia fans too had too high of hopes for Beck just to come in seamlessly after watching the way Stetson Bennett played for the past couple of seasons? I think yes. Um, in terms of, you know, expecting him to just roll in there with the, the first few games and, and look like he's a seasoned vet. I mean, because yeah. that's exactly what Stetson Bennett was. I mean, if, if you recall that 2020 season with Stetson Bennett, when he was a first time starter, it was nothing special. Um, they struggled offensively and, and, you know, they were getting used to a new offensive coordinator and, you know, the, the quarterback and, and, you know, obviously he ends up getting banged up and, and they lose a couple of games. And, um, you know, I look, I don't think this season's going to go that way. The schedule doesn't, you know, that was an all sec slate. You had a road trip to Alabama. Florida was an incredible team that year. Um, this, this schedule doesn't have that kind of a game on. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that some of the struggles per se that you're seeing, uh, with this Georgia team early on and, and specifically this Georgia offense 
and, and even more specifically Carson Beck, I think it's just it's kind of a result of, you know, hey, expectations were sky high for this kid. And I think that he could still could have a really good season. He's just got to get comfortable. And, and I think that's on Mike Bobo. It's on this offensive staff. It's on everybody. It's on the weapon, weapons around him, the players around him to get him comfortable. And, and honestly, I mean, if you look at Georgia and, you know, the guys that have been out there with him, they haven't had Lad McConkey. They didn't have uh, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint in that first game. They haven't had Dejan Edwards. Kendall Milton's not 100%. They haven't really fully unleashed Brock Bowers. And, and, and you know, the run game has struggled. And so, I, you know, the weapons around him haven't been what expectations were. So, you know, for as much criticism as Carson Beck is getting, I think it's probably fair to put some of that on the other players in this offense. But, look, they've put up – you know, 48 points and 45 points. Now there was a special team score and a, and a defensive score in there as well. But, you know, hey, Mike Bobo is not going to complain about that in terms of points per game. And um, we're going to learn a lot more about this Georgia team, and you know, this starting this week as the SEC schedule starts. Yeah, 3.30 CBS game against South Carolina. Obviously coming off of what I think, and I believe I read this correctly, Palmer, is the largest margin of victory that they've ever beat South Carolina, 48-7 last year in Columbia. And, yeah, you know, let's just see what it is. I, I changed the viewpoint on you like 15 times during you talking. I, think I went like <laughs> widescreen. People listening have no clue, but, you know, what we did on here changed it. That's okay. Um, you know, dominated South Carolina last year, the idea of Beamer Ball – you know, one thing for me before we kind of get full into this preview, Palmer, is when you look at South Carolina up front, both defensive line and offensive line, not just, and not up to par, I think, with where they want to be in the SEC, does it feel like Georgia is going to stay vanilla and, and try to really use this game to maybe give some confidence to running backs? I mean, how many touches is Dylan Bell going to get out of the backfield? I mean, this this offensive line as a whole, is this a chance for them to really prove against an SEC opponent and to get some momentum rolling for the rest of the conference slate? I think yes, but I also don't know that the way to do that is by staying vanilla. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that you want to open it up a little bit. You want to get aggressive. You want to do what your offense is capable of doing, and, and the best way to do that is – by, you know, unleashing the full capabilities of that playbook. And, you know, to, to think that Georgia, you know, showed all their cards against UT Martin and Ball State would be foolish. Um, you know, Mike Bobo's been around long enough. Kirby Smart's been around long enough. The, this entire coaching staff is, you know, very experienced. And, and they know that they didn't have to play an A game. They didn't have to, you know, like I said, show all their cards and, and you know, take out, every trick in the bag to beat those teams, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Georgia did not play their A game, um, but, you know, th they come away with two, uh, you know, wide margins of victory there. And I think that as this SEC slate is getting started, you're going to see more, um, you know, I think that opening up the playbook, taking, you know, you know heck, we saw more against Ball State than we did, uh, you know, UT Martin. I think Georgia – they took some more shots downfield. It, it wasn't as much, uh, you know, by design screen plays and, and short passes. Um, you know, I think that's great to get Carson Beck comfortable, but I also think that this is a guy with a really strong arm that's capable of pushing it downfield. And, you know, one way to get him comfortable is picking up a lot of yardage. And so, um, you know, you've, when you've got receivers like Arian Smith and, and Dominic Lovett, um, Makai Muse, you want to throw him in there. Uh, he's, he's been outstanding so far. 
Um, again, Marcus Rosemead, Jack Saint is a guy that this this offense is comfortable with. Um, and, and when they do get Lad McConkey back, it's it's for me, it's not an if, it's a win. Um, because I do think that he's I know for a fact that he's practicing and um, you know, that that he's getting closer and closer, and it's just a comfort comfort thing. And you know, they were a little bit precautionary with him in those first two games and interested to see if we see him on Saturday. Um, we may, we may not, but when he gets back, that's another weapon to, uh, you know, open, uh, you know, open this offense up. You know, you talk offensively, and I think there was a lot of talk. Could Carson Beck having a thousand yard receiver, well, the leading one so far is McKay Muse with 102 yards catching. Talk about the impact that this legitimate little guy has made both special teams and, you know, what has he done? Was it something during fall camp, during summer that really earned the right, earned the trust and the keep of this staff to say, hey, look, we're going to put you out there on Saturdays and you're going to go make some plays for us? Yeah, I mean, I think that he's been a exciting spark for this offense. Um, you know, and, and like you said, the special teams aspect of it, that that's very important to Kirby Smart. Um, you know, and, and so if you can add something to this team on special teams, he's not afraid to use you, um, mm. you know, in, in that way. And that that's if you're a walk on, if you're a starter, um, you know, if you can provide this this team uh, with something special he's going to use you there. And so Makai Muse certainly has been that, um, you know, on with the punt return, he's been great on kickoff return. I mean, to, to be averaging, I think I, if, if my math was correct and my memory is correct on, on the math that I did, I think he's got like 310 yards of, of, on, of total, you know, yardage here through, wow. through two weeks receiving and return yardage, um, you know, had, Obviously, it helps when you've got a 54-yard screen pass that goes to the house, a 69-yard, uh, you know, punt return that goes to the house, um, two long plays in there. But he he's been explosive. He's provided uh, this team with a spark, and and that's certainly something that, you know, every player, uh, you know, from from top to bottom on this team is is excited about. I know you obviously talked with some of the defensive players on Monday. Um, you know, you're going to be talking with uh, offensive guys later in the week. Defensively, what type of challenge does South Carolina pose? Because I sit in the camp, if Spencer Rattler is on, he's really hard. If you give him time, he's really hard to defend. We've seen that in spurts uh, so far in Columbia. Uh, what kind of challenge did those guys talk about in Kirby Smart about the South Carolina offense? You you're hit the nail on the head there with you've got to give Spencer Rattler time. Uh, you know, you look at when, when he's had time, he's been pretty special. Uh, you know, there's a reason that he was so highly touted coming out of high school, um, but he did not have time in that opener against North Carolina. Um, mm. You know, and, and this offensive line at South Carolina has struggled, you know, it, to protect the quarterback, to run the ball. Um, so I think for Georgia defensively, it's it's on this defensive line to get pressure. Um, it's on the linebackers to to bring pressure as well. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's a situation where the secondary is, is going to be challenged. Um, they, they've got, you know, South Carolina's got two really good receivers there and uh, Xavier Leggett and, and Juice Wells. Um, and, and so, you know, Georgia's going to be challenged. They, they've got a quarterback capable of getting the ball to those explosive playmakers. But the way to, you know, kind of ease that challenge a little bit um, to, to diminish their the South Carolina attack there is that defensive line getting home and, and Michael Williams and, and all those guys up front 
Um, you know, I, I would look for those guys to have a big game. And, and you know, you, like you said, later in the week, we'll have, you know, players to watch and keys to victory and stuff. And that's certainly one of them. You, you have to be, get in Spencer Rattler's face, affect him and, and make his, you know, make his day long. Uh, Georgia opens up as a 27 and a half point favorite currently. That's a lot of points for an SEC team. How, how do you feel about this game overall going into it? I mean, I imagine that you, along with a lot of other folks, feel the dogs can win this game and will. Uh, but, you know, how much does – how explosive can Georgia be in this game against the South Carolina team that it could get out of hand or they could keep it close depending on what Shane Beamer shows up? Yeah, I mean, I I, I definitely agree with you there and, and think that that's – that's the big question. That's the unknown with this team so far because of those first two opponents, we haven't seen the Georgia that everybody expects to see, Um, you know, and and I think that was, you know, we, we saw how this team came out and played last season against Oregon and and how they got up for that big game there, but then they kind of fell to the challenge against, uh, you know, Samford in in week Mm -hmm. two, I think it was 33, nothing there. And it was far from impressive, but then they got right back up and, and, you know, put it on South Carolina there in Columbia. Like you said, the largest margin of victory in this border war um, between two teams that, you know, share geographically uh, a region and an area for recruiting and, and you know, fans too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that can this team cover that 27 and a half? Absolutely. I, I, I probably, I, I, because I think that they're going to be a little bit more explosive and open things up a little bit more offensively, because I think they're going to do that. And, and I trust this defense. I mean, this, this defense to me is, um, already looking the part um, of a you know that 2021 unit. It's hard to compare them to that right now because we saw how dominant that unit was all season long, and and we've seen this team this this unit for two games. But I think that they've got the potential because they're certainly talented in all the right places. But combine those two factors: a defense that I trust, regardless of who the opponent is, and an offense that I think is going to open it up. I do think that Georgia can cover that 27 and a half. I wanted to get this question for you before we get out of here. Uh, obviously talking about Georgia, South Carolina, but the SEC as a whole. Uh, the SEC West and uh, my fellow brethren down here in Baton Rouge, uh, College Station, you know, Tuscaloosa struggling, you know, especially against ACC competition, which, you know, the Tech fans are enjoying, even though they haven't played a part <laughs> in it. I uh, wanted to get your take on this. I don't imagine that the players inside that locker room, really because the staff's not going to let them, say, holy cow, like we've got a big chance. But is it is it one of those things that even though we haven't seen a lot out of Georgia, they really haven't been tested, you got to be thinking, a lot of fans thinking, oh, wow, like that path to get back to the playoff is not looking as daunting. Still just week three we're entering. What are your thoughts on the SEC as a whole? You know, I, I think that oh, it's probably the, the fall of the SEC as the top conference in college football is probably probably being blown out of proportion a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, I do think that, you know, look, Florida State is a really good team. Texas is a yeah. really good team. Miami has the talent and, and Texas A&M has shown that they, you know, are capable, um, you know, to, to play with the really good teams, but also, you know, perfectly <laughs> – you know, it's not it's not out of the norm to see them kind of fall to the occasion there. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and uh, to me, I think that, I, like I said, I think it's being blown a little bit out of proportion. Um, you know, we had a discussion over on our on our message board at, over at Dogs HQ about Alabama and are they more likely to go eleven and one or nine and four? Well, guys, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say it here. I said it there. 
this Alabama team is very talented. They are yeah. perfectly, you know, they are entirely capable of running the table and, and playing Georgia and matching up well with Georgia in the SEC championship. So I don't think that, you know, because Georgia, I mean, look, at, at the West opponents for Georgia, Auburn, it, you didn't really expect a ton out of them anyway. Um, I think Ole Miss has probably been a little bit of a pleasant surprise to, yeah. to fans. And that game's late in the season, so we'll we'll know a lot more about Ole Miss here in a couple of weeks when they take on Alabama, um, you know, w- when they have some of those tougher games. I'm not, who do they have this week? I can't remember. Um, can't remember, but they play LSU in two weeks. So I know that'll yeah. be a game that will be yeah. up there. So you'll play L- the meat of your SEC schedule before that one. Oh, I mean, that that's November um, 11th, I believe, is the date. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we will know a lot more about Ole Miss by then. So, to me, I think that the the teams that Georgia was playing out of the West, you didn't have a super high expectations for them coming into the season. It's not those, those you know, three top-tier teams that everyone kind of had circled and, and agreed upon, LSU, Alabama, and, and Texas A&M there. Um, you know, they, they don't get a you know tough Arkansas team with the, with the veteran quarterback and running back. You, you, mm-hmm. you end up facing teams that you probably, uh, you know, didn't have all too high of hopes for anyway. And, and then I think, you know, the East schedule again, I mean, to me, the, the team that has underperformed to this point is, is Tennessee, but again, they haven't really been tested. I mean, Virginia's, is one of the worst power five football teams in the country. It seems, um, you know, hosting, uh, you know, Austin P you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you know, unleash everything. So in the same vein that we talk about Georgia and, and their potential to, you know, prove a lot of people wrong, uh, this week and, and kind of open things up against South Carolina, Tennessee has the capability to do that against Florida and change the narrative yeah. surrounding them. Um, you know, and, and then outside of that, again, the, the rest of that East schedule, you didn't expect a ton from, mm-hmm. um, you know, this South Carolina team, I think the narrative that surrounds them right now is, is very much so about that offensive line. And, and, you know, like we said, can you protect Spencer Rattler because of their big game? They, you know, kind of failed to show up there and, and failed to protect him giving up, uh, what was it? Nine sacks. And, and yeah, I think North Carolina had loss. 17 sacks all season last year. And I yeah. mean, it was nine in week one. And, and 16 tackles for loss. So, yeah. you know, if if that's the South Carolina that you're going to be facing, and, and it very well could be, um, Georgia should do very similar things to them. Um, but, again, I, I think that, you know, maybe South Carolina is is the only team that hasn't quite lived up to the expectations from Georgia's schedule so far. Um, you know, but Tennessee, I don't, I don't read, take too much stock into their – first two games Ole Miss it was an impressive win over Tulane um to go on the road and, and beat a team that won a New Year's Six bowl game last year so you know if, if for as much as South Carolina stock may have fallen Ole Miss's may have risen and mm-hmm. so then you know it kind of equals out to exactly where Georgia fans were expecting the schedule to be all year long yeah, we're going to be entering SEC play. You mentioned Tennessee, Florida. We're going to be previewing that game tomorrow as a part of our live show, and I think that's going to be one where, like, I don't think Florida's very good, but I think that you're going to learn more things about Tennessee against some better competition, and it'll be and you know, and going on the road and yeah. going on oh, look, the road. That's I mean, still that's, not an easy place to play. No, no, and and I think Georgia is lucky that it doesn't have to play there, um, you know, every every other year because. You know, for, for as neutral as that game in Jacksonville is, um, you know, you certainly 
don't have to go into the hostile environment that because it's a 50 50 split you know you're gonna have florida fans you're gonna have georgia fans um you know a lot of times at least in the games that i've covered there georgia has outnumbered florida because of the success that the two programs have been having that would not be the case if they were playing in in gainesville and and it wouldn't be the case here in athens if if florida was coming to town you wouldn't see a ton of florida fans here but you know it's it's a much less hostile environment there in jacksonville so you know Georgia fans count your blessings that you're not having to go into the swamp every other year. And, you know, certainly interested to learn what we, you know, see what we learn about Tennessee going in there this week. Yeah, a lot of great SEC matchups with LSU, Mississippi State. You're going to learn and a lot of opportunities for teams to gain confidence getting into their SEC schedule. Georgia, South Carolina, 3.30 local time over there on the East Coast CBS game, which, look, I never have a problem with a CBS game. It's kind of in the middle of the day, so but it means you get to you know go out to dinner afterwards and still enjoy your night, but you also get to sleep in a little bit, so it's not too bad. Uh, Palmer, appreciate you as always, man. Let us know and let the folks know where they can find your work uh, and more Georgia-South yeah. Carolina coverage. Yeah, come on over to Dogs HQ. We've got a sign-up special going 25% off for your first year, $1 for your first month. Um, so, you know, if you're just looking to get a taste of what we've got, everything that we've got to offer, uh, you know, it's a big recruiting weekend. Uh, KJ Bolden's coming to town. You know, that's certainly something that's of interest to, to you know, SEC fans with him, you know, choosing Florida State over Georgia and Auburn and Alabama and all these other schools. So that that's going to be exciting to see, you know, kind of the fallout of that. Uh, you know, got a couple of five stars coming in town. So this is a big one, big recruiting weekend, big weekend on the field as Georgia opens SEC, SEC play. So head on over to Dogs HQ. Come check out the work of me, Jake Rowe, Jake Roos, Wes Blankenship, Jeremy Johnson, and Rusty Mansell. I know you guys added so much staff. Like, do you have like a like a, a note on the side? Oh, of I, like, I just I just right? counted on my fingers <laughs> underneath the table. <laughs> love it, absolutely love it. Palmer Tom's as always joining us. Could be joining us. Uh, we'll probably try to get you here on weekly, talking a little Georgia update uh, for our fans down there in the Chattahoochee Valley and all across the southeast. Appreciate it as well. We'll catch you next time here on another episode of the Crowded Booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on the crowded booth with 